Hey guys, it's Josh Waka here, and today uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of hunting, a little bit of fishing, and go over some of the stuff that I do as a member of the Appleton Shields Pro Staff. You're listening to the Shields Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shields Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Anderson, and today we're going to be talking little fishing, little hunting, a little bit about capturing your experiences with our very own Shields Pro staff member, Josh Wachow. Josh, thank you for joining us today. Can you give us a little introduction about yourself? Hey, guys. A pleasure to be here. So I am located in central Wisconsin here, and that's where I do almost all of my outdoor activities. We're blessed with a lot to do here in Wisconsin. And primarily, I like to focus mostly on fishing. It's where I spend most of my time. I do sprinkle in a little bit of hunting here and there, but I sure like getting out, hitting it and uh, getting in the boat, fishing, and seeing what I can catch. So it's a little bit about myself, and I'm also a member of the Appleton Shields Pro Staff here in Wisconsin. So that is some pretty cool opportunities that I get to do with the the Shields folks over there, and uh, lots of fun, lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fall's just this magical time for the outdoorsman. you got some great fishing opportunities. you got your hunting season starting up, so just a fun time to be outdoors. So, you know, can you just kind of talk a little bit about how you ended up getting connected with Shields? So, yeah, it, uh, it all started on Instagram. So I, you know, have been a con content creator for a, a little while now and, um, post a lot of my stuff on Instagram and it all came down to one picture. And it's funny how that happened. So I, it was last winter ice fishing. I had, uh, pretty successful day out in the water with one of my buddies and I caught some nice fish and I posted some, some, uh, pretty cool pictures and ended up tagging a bunch of people, uh, Appleton Shields, um, you know, the large Shields account and, um, long story short came around. I think you reached out to me and asked if you could use that picture. And, um, it was a, it was a pretty cool picture of me holding a crappie and uh <laughs> it it ended up being quite a hit and you used it and so that was our first connection and from there the dots started connecting and and uh then i got connected with appleton shields and as they say the rest is history mm -hmm, absolutely you know i asked that question but really i knew the answer to it right away i just wanted <laughs> to kind of tell everybody about it a little bit but yeah that picture i, re I remember it vividly like i'm scrolling through and you know, just a daily thing I do is I go to, you know, all the Shields Outdoors tag posts because it's it's pretty much the high point of my day. You know, like I, I sit and I'm looking, seeing all these people having all these adventures and, you know, I, I get a little bitter about it because I'm sitting in my, you know, my office chair and looking at all these people having, catching all these fish and shooting all these animals and, and I scroll and, I, and that one made me stop. I was like this... You know, this dude just holding out a big crappie with his mouth wide open and you have just mimicking the same grin. And I'm like, okay, this picture's a little corny, but it's really cool. So 
Yeah. And it's funny. So you, you boil it down to everything and that's the one picture that got, you know, this all started, which is, is just, and we'll talk a little bit about that later and, and how you connect those dots and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, how do I get into the hunting and fishing industry? How do I get connected with companies and stuff like that? And, you know, Sometimes it can be as simple as just, you know, recording your outdoor experiences and capturing that one moment and then, you know, just staying persistent, you know, so. Definitely. Consistency is key. I think that's one thing that uh, people struggle with that I follow and I see is, you know, they'll come in spurts. You know, you'll see them post something for a, a few months and then you won't hear from them for a few months. And it's like, well. That's one thing that I always try and do, you know, on social media, on Instagram is, is make sure I'm keeping my post up to date, you know, seasonally relevant and making sure that I'm capturing, you know, folks' attention and providing value. And that's a very, very important thing, providing value in whatever content that you're creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the number one thing, you know, like it's got to be, you know, if you're going to go out and do this for, you know, vendors or companies or whatever, it's got to be mutually beneficial. It's like so many people like post a picture and it's like, Hey, can you sponsor me and give me all this gear and stuff? And it's like, Oh, okay. But like, what do you have to offer? You know, it's like, well, I took a cool picture, but you know, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox a little bit about that, but, uh, you know, it, talk to me a little bit about some other things you're doing with shields. Like what are some experiences you've had things you've done? Yeah. So I've been working with shields, uh, for a little bit now, not quite a year, but, um, one of the cool events that we did was the women's outdoor workshop over by Appleton. And what that was is, um, Women of all age uh, ages can, can sign up for that workshop, and they can learn about many different things. And the reason why Shields was there was to put on a, a, little, a little fishing workshop. So they have – this was at the, um, the, the sportsman's club for that county, and they have a little pond there that's stocked with fish and uh, other things they could sign up. They could sign up for jerky making. They could sign up for – learning about beekeeping. They could sign up to learn how to shoot a shotgun and shoot trap. Pistol shooting, which was put on by the Wisconsin DNR. Um, And I'm sure there's other classes that I didn't know about, but Shields team did the fishing aspect of it. And me and the other pro staff, Chad, got to help um, women that have never fished before learn how to fish. So it's something that maybe you and I take for granted and a lot of outdoors people take for granted is there's people out there that have never picked up a fishing pole, never caught a fish, never baited a hook, nothing. So it's as simple as that. We got to meet with some of these women, and I've met with women that were in middle school all the way to grandmas that had never picked up a rod. So we got them there to our station, said, hey, you know, um, do you, do you want to bait your own hook? Are you familiar with the rod? So we showed them how to use it, and uh, some of them were really eager to do it, picked it up, and started baiting the, the hook with the worm and some just wouldn't touch it at all. So it was pretty cool to see. And then it, it is also cool to see they, you know, they're reeling in, even though it's like a four or five inch bluegill, it's the first fish they've ever caught. So to share those experiences with people, um, I mean, that's kind of what it's all about for me. And when I started fishing, looking back, and this is something that actually just posted about probably last week about how on social media we always compare about, you know, who's going to catch the biggest fish or the most fish. It's like, you know, do you remember that as a kid catching those little bitty bluegill 
with a with a worm and a and a hook and you know how excited you were why why you know that's still in me that's still in me that's part of the reason why i do it so but that's one of the cool events that shields over in appleton they get to put on every year or they get to help out with and so um that's one thing that i've been blessed to be a part of this year Mm -hmm. that's super cool yeah and and you know that honestly hasn't crossed my mind for quite a while now like when i first started fishing you, you do kind of take those things for granted but you know now that you mention it i just go back like oh yeah the you know i first started fishing at my grandparents house we'd go to visit them and then we'd you know i'd go you know start talking with my grandpa and it's like hey let's go fishing you know and then we'd start we'd head to the garden and we'd dig up some worms and then we'd head to the river and we'd you know find one of the rods that's in working order uh, hopefully <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know we'd go out and we'd try and catch suckers and and man i remember catching some nice ones and i still remember this old black and white picture we've got of me like picking out a stick with a you know just a bunch of little branches coming out and having like five or six suckers on this thing like, man that's a, that's probably still my all-time favorite hunting or fishing photo right there <laughs> yep, that's that's it. And that you know, and that's part of this something that I want to capture too. You know, I have two sons of my own and uh the the real raw side of it. You know, there's no reason to try and inflate what real life is with having a family, busy life, family, kids and going out and fishing and stuff like that. You're not going to catch fish every single time, and so um that's something that I I stress with my kids all the time and um you know, them catching smaller fish and celebrating all the moments along and in, 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 in between. Like, this is a process and this is part of the journey. This is the journey of fishing and being an outdoorsman and, and learning how to be persistent. And then when you get the chance to reel in that big fish, it's just that much more exciting and better. And to capture that moment, that's, that's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So how about you talk to us a little bit about uh, how your fishing season's been going on? I know you've been doing some fishing. I've seen you on Instagram. You've been in a boat a decent amount. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, for a while there, it, it kind of faded off here uh, in the, in the uh, fall here in the last couple of weeks with a lot of family events and, and me coaching and stuff like that for my son. But I would try and get out at least twice a week, um, uh, at a minimum once a week, even if it was only for a couple hours. So I was in a habit of waking up, um, bright and early before the sunrise every Saturday morning and fishing for like four hours. And so I'd get to the boat landing before the sun came up, launch my boat, and then I could get to the spot. And not many people are there, even in some of the busier areas at that time in the morning. So, um, where I fish locally here is along the Wisconsin river corridor, and a lot of the areas that I fish are, you know, dammed along the Wisconsin River. So um, smallmouth are just something that uh, I have a special place in my heart for and seem to be drawn to. So that's that's what I do. So throughout the season, you know, spring, summer, now into fall, you know, you try and follow them around the lake and the river to target them. And I've managed to put some pretty cool fish in the boat this year. And, uh, I did meet up with a buddy too, and made it out to Sturgeon Bay on Lake Michigan this spring. And that was a blast. Uh, if anybody can get out there, you got to make it to Sturgeon Bay, put some of them footballs in the boat. I mean, it's world-class. It's in a league of its own. I know there's a couple spots across the nation that have similar type stuff, but 
I'm just going to say Sturgeon Bay is, you know, one of the best ones. So. Okay. I've, I've never been there before, but I think I got to put it on the, the list of places to go. Definitely. I mean, one thing that I'm always shocked with is how clear the water is and just that system, super clear. I mean, you can see down 25, 30 feet. Um, even, I even recreate up there. You know, I spend some time with my, my wife and my family up there and we went kayaking and we were in 25 feet of water and you could see down to the bottom, there was a shipwreck. And that was like amazing that here locally, you could never see that in any of our lakes around here. So, Mm -hmm. so how do you adjust your fishing style based on that water clarity? So a lot of the fishing that I do here locally, you know, there's a, um, a lot of crawfish bait fish and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, fishing with a lot more, um, you know, one, one of my favorite lures and it's something I want to talk about is, is a square bill crank. So you got that, that noise, you got that, that little bit of flash and, uh, that reaction that you get that reaction strike. So out on the bay, it was a lot opposite of that. You know, we're fishing with drop shot, Ned rig, hair jigs and stuff like that. And, you're tailoring that towards that clearer water condition. A lot of natural colors, uh, goby type colors, because goby is a, a, a you know a, a bait out there that is very common. So those are things that we do. And then here locally, uh, I'm using a lot more crayfish type patterns, bluegill type patterns, because that's just the bait fish that we have here. So it's, it's, it's different, you know, seeing two feet in the water versus seeing 25 feet in the water. I mean, you, you really gotta, you, it keeps your mind, uh, on point to try and figure out what you gotta do there. Mm-hmm. And it's good to fish a little bit of variety too. So, you know, if like, you know, you have your tried and true method catching fish before it's like, well, what if that goes south? Like, what do I do next? Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's part of the the thing that I would do every single outing. So I'd, I always have a game plan. If I didn't have a game plan waking up, it usually was a little bit of a waste of time on the water. So when I wake up and say I got four hours to go out fishing, I got a game plan. You know, like I think this is where the fish are going to be. I, the night before, if I have time, I'll tie on three or four baits that I want to try out and I'll go out. And within the first 35, 40 minutes to an hour, I'll know if that pattern is holding true and has come together. But if not, you, you gotta be, gotta be versatile. You gotta be able to call the shots on the fly and change things up. Otherwise you're just going to, you know, if you're not catching them with that certain pattern on that specific structure, if you don't switch it up, the rest of your day is going to be, going to be pretty boring. So, uh, that's definitely one thing that I've learned. You got to be able to adapt. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You know, the definition of insanity is, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right. You know, I got to, I got to think about that when I go into the deer stand this fall too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So what is, uh, what is one thing that you've learned over the past year about fishing that you, that you can share with people? One thing that I've learned, um, well, th- I guess this is a little bit, so it's, it's about fishing, but also tied into the social media realm is, um, so I've been sharing a lot within the last year about fishing, my love for fishing, you know, the legacy of fishing and everything and anything to do with fishing. And at first, like I was telling you before, and I said it would relate back to it now. So this is the time when I talk about it is, yes, people like to see big fish. Yes, people like to see a lot of fish. You know, you're just catching loads and loads of fish. But 
I found that, and it and it's come out on social media that people value the real you, the real person fishing, the struggles, the misses, the what you did wrong, the and then also the what you did successful. They like to learn with you. So if you share those in a raw form on social media, whether it's be through uh, a picture or through video, they value that way more than the grip and grin, the dude that's just holding the big fish every single time. Like, and I looked at that and I'm like, you know what? That's, that's boring. Yes. They're good at it. Yes. It's, you know, a picture of them holding the fish, but what are they teaching people? What are people learning? They're, they're not able to take much away from that. So um, my content is shifted over time to make sure that I, I include it all. I include what I'm using. I include what I'm messed up on, what I did well. And here, you can learn from my mistakes. And that has what's helped me succeed in this, this uh, you know, content creation world. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people out there that only show the highlight reels and it's, it's good to get, uh, you know, all the information for sure. And I know, uh, you know, people definitely appreciate that because, uh, you know, I think about, uh, my ice fishing season last year and I would say probably one of the top performing posts I had was one where it was a highlight reel of missed hook sets. <laughs> you know, I, in fact, I'm pretty certain that was the top performing one because, you know, like I went out to shoot this video that was, you know, you know we, we wanted to highlight uh, top five panfish lures. And, you know, I went out and I've, I ended up finding a lot of fish and, you know, having a pretty good day. But, you know, I definitely missed some hook sets, too. And uh, and I just had enough to, like, find a beat and then have, like, about seven or eight of them in a row. And uh, it was pretty entertaining, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the same goes with me. You know, I had, uh, uh, I was frog fishing. And you know how frog fishing goes for bass. I mean, you're going to miss your fish. And uh, I had a pretty tough day out on the water. And I found a really good lily pad mat and cast it up there. I'm like, there's gotta be a fish there. I had fished this area uh, a couple weeks previous to that. So I came back and, um, I had a blow up and I was, I was disciplined. I did not set the hook right away, which, you know, if you frog fished enough, you, you know, don't set the hook right away. So I, I waited, he, he missed it and I could tell he missed it cause I could still see my frog and he came back and he hit it. And, uh, I set the hook. I, I hooked him and I battled him for, for probably about a second. And I got this all on GoPro, like perfect shot right behind me. And you could just see my, my emotions of me losing the fish and just, I threw my hands up in the air and that right there, that exact reel did way better than me catching this massive smallmouth on Lake Michigan, you know, and, and people can relate to that. And I think mm -hmm. that's what they like about it. Yep. You, just about everyone can relate to that. And if you can't relate to that, you haven't been fishing very much. <laughs> so what does, if you couldn't fish smallmouth or largemouth, what, what fish would you be targeting then? Oh man. Um, you know, one thing that I think that my my buddy's been trying to get me on and stuff like that. And here in Wisconsin, we have a pretty good musky population. So, uh, you know, the fish of 10,000 casts, uh, they, they've always tried and I've, I've maybe targeted them just a handful of times and I've caught some, you know, never on purpose. Um, they, they just hang out in some of the same areas, but 
I think if I had to put some time and some effort and some investment into learning a fish, that would just be cool to, to be able to go out and tie into a 50 inch fish is just, you know, some people can't even fathom that. So that would probably be the fish that I would have to switch over to and target for. Cause that's just the ones that I have caught have been an absolute blast. And then I follow some folks and some of my buddies that routinely catch, you know, 40 inch plus fish. Wow. That's all I got to say is those fish can put up a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Musky. It's, it's definitely a game of patience, but you know, when it all happens, it's so rewarding. And even just to see the follows, you know, like whether yep. if you're using like a top water and you see that tail swimming behind it, or like you're doing a figure eight at the boat and then one of them just comes from the surface. Oh yeah. It's, it's wild. It's, it's definitely a type of fishing that everyone needs to experience at least once. And, yeah, and hopefully true. enough times to like get a follower, catch one. Cause <laughs> you know that a, a lot of times that's really all it takes. And then all of a sudden it becomes a full blown obsession. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how about a dream fishing trip? What do you got for us? Oh, um, I don't, this is something that's stuck in my mind since I've been watching. So I used to watch a lot of fishing shows growing up with my dad and it, it evolved into my adulthood. And, um, when I really started getting into fishing on my own, um, and ice fishing, and it's just something that's stuck in my mind is Lake Cascade, uh, perch. Uh, I believe that's out in Idaho. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen many fishing shows out there and just the jumbo perch that are out there just boggles my mind. And I grew up fishing, um, locally, a, a, a lake that had a really good perch population. And, and I was always blessed being able to go there with my dad. And, and maybe that's where this all ties in. And I ended up catching like a, a, a 15 and a half inch perch that I ended, he ended up mounting for me because it was one of the bigger ones that we had ever caught. And I still have that. But now I see those perch that they're catching out there. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta catch one of those one of these days. So ice fishing out in Idaho, Lake Cascade perch. Don't ask me how I got to that from bass fishing, but that's, that's on my list. That's interesting. That's, you know, I don't think that was the answer I expected either. Usually it's like, you know, fly fishing up in Alaska or like tarpon or something like that. (laughs) Cascade perch, you you know, for a bucket list, I think that is extremely attainable there, Josh. I think you just need to make that that happen. I think we need to make that happen. Okay. I mean, talk me into it. I mean, me being in Fargo, you can just pick me up on the way. So (laughs) that sounds good to me. There we go. Perfect. All right. Well, you know, let's shift a little bit, uh, shift gears a little bit into kind of the hunting aspect of things. You know, I introduced this podcast and I said, we're going to talk about hunting. So, you know, we got to get that in. Um, Tell us a little bit about your experiences with hunting, what you plan on going after this year, things like that. So hunting for me has been, you know, fairly interesting. I, uh, I grew up duck hunting a lot. And so that didn't leave a lot of time for whitetail deer hunting or, you know, bow hunting because they would conflict all the time. Right. So whenever there was a good opportunity to be in the duck blind, that was when I should have been in, in, in the bow stand. So, um, I did that all the way up until, you know, through college, I duck hunted every chance I could get. And I owned a bow, um, harvested a few deer, but I wasn't very serious about it. 
it wasn't until after then and then you know unfortunately dad passed away here a few years ago and he was my main duck hunting buddy so um at that point i'm like you know what i i know bow hunting i i know it's a lot of fun you know i did it i'm i'm gonna dedicate myself to it so i can't say that i've been this dedicated bow hunter for 20 plus years you know that's not me you know i probably got you know dedication wise you know less than five years into it but i've been having a heck of a lot of fun so it's it's nice picking up a hobby when you're a little bit you know later and and you're more in tune with what's going on because i like to learn and so i would pick up some of those youtube videos and some of those uh, other articles and just start reading about whitetail hunting and bow hunting and how to be successful and so that's where i'm at right now um i'm i'm I'll admit it to anybody that asks me. I'm I'm no pro when it comes to bow hunting. I'm here to learn. I'm here to have fun, and uh, I'm blessed here where I I'm hunting. I got a, a family farm to hunt, and I got about four stands up and pretty good deer numbers in the area. So, um, in the coming weeks here, hopefully you'll see me put down at least a couple deer um, because we in my house love to eat venison, and. Um, we eat many deer a year and I like to process it all from start to finish. So it doesn't go to the, to the meat shop to, to get processed. It, I'm, I'm the one that skins it, quarters it, and then I clean it all up. I grind it myself and you'll be able to check that out on the Appleton Shields page. I'm going over my setup, what I use for grinding my deer. So, uh, you're going to be seeing some more bow hunting content here in the coming weeks. Perfect. I'm excited to, I'm excited to see that sort of stuff. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point about, you know, not being an expert yet, picking it up and, you know, just kind of the learning curve as you, you know, you pick up these things as, as an adult, you know, in today's day and age, you know, you can learn a lot of things really fast on like YouTube and, you know, how to's and stuff like that. But, you know, you really gain that experience and, and put it to the test when you actually go out and have these experiences. And it's just, it's a ton of fun. And it's just something that I urge, you know, everyone to do. If you even have a mild interest, you know, start learning a little bit, start, you know, asking questions, you know, stop by a shields and just pick, pick one of the experts brains and, you know, get their perspective on things. And, you know, if it's something you want to try, you know, go for it, give it a shot. You know, and one thing that it always comes to mind when I first started is I was afraid to mess up. I was afraid to fail. Like I was afraid to do the wrong thing. And, um, that held me back a little bit. And, um, you know, that was, I had to put that aside and, and I had to just do, you know, that's how a lot of us learn. Like I didn't have someone to go out and show me where to sit. I didn't have someone to go out and show me, you know, where to put a mock scrape and all this stuff. I did it through trial and error. I, I learned by doing, did I mess up? Did I make some mistakes? Yeah, I did. But you know, you know, the old saying, that's exactly how I learned. So each year I'm compounding all that stuff together and that's helping create that playbook for the upcoming season so that I know what to do and what not to do. There you go. Perfect. Are there any bucks you have your eye on? Maybe something nice showing up on trail camera for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I got a, I got a couple on camera that are, um, uh, they're going to get my heart racing if they ever walk in front of me. Let's just put it that way. All right. Good to hear. I, you know, it's been kind of a fickle season for me so far in the, in the inventory stage, you know, I've got one buck on camera, 
that, you know, he showed up, you know, just looking right at the camera, perfect, perfect picture. Like I stopped and it was just like, Whoa, he's just a big mainframe four by four. And like, I would, I would love to target that deer, but you know, you try and put all the pieces together and like, I have two pictures of him. I have him coming from what I think is potentially a bedding area. And then I have the one of him staring at my camera at like five feet away. So it's like, I don't have any other pictures of him. I don't know any other information. I'm not sure if he's, you know, bedding in the area nearby. The picture I got was like 930 in the morning. So it's like, you know, he could be bedding nearby or he could not be bedding nearby. So, I mean, at this point in the time, I'm, you know, it's like just coming into early October, you know, end of September, early October. I, I went out and I hunted last week and I specifically didn't target this deer because I just felt like I might be doing more harm than good going after this buck. So I don't know where he's at. I don't know. I have no, there's no predictability to him. I don't even know if he's on the property. Maybe he just wandered by one time. So it's like, I chose to pick a different area and that ended up being a mistake too. Cause I found that I, I went too, too deep into what I thought was a transition area turned out to be more of a bedding area. And the neighbor ended up talking to me the next day saying I bumped seven deer when I was walking to the stand. So it's like, even, you know, and I've bow hunted 20 plus years and I still make these mistakes. I think I just, I think I'm going to chalk it up to being like too excited about getting into the stand because, you know, like I'd hunted this area before I shot a nice buck during the rut, like probably three or four years back in the same spot. So of course, like, Oh, I know it's a good area. I know they're going to be transitioning to this cornfield. So I'm going to try and intercept them. And if I get to this spot, you know, like I should be able to see them in the daylight, even though it's not super cold yet or, super, you know, even getting anywhere near that pre-rut range. But yeah, definitely made a mistake. But um, fortunately, that was a different property. And I, I've run two different trail cameras there, you know, since April. And I haven't seen a deer I want to shoot yet. So I, I like to tell myself that I didn't screw it up. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. So you just, you kind of got me started on talking about deer hunting now. And now I'm just rambling. But um, that's all right. Well, and another cool thing, you know, with running trail cameras the last several years on the property, and this goes for many different properties I've been running trail cameras on is once the rut comes, I mean, you can see a new deer come into your area and he can just be cruising through that day. Day walker, a definite shooter, a really big deer. You've never seen him before and you're never going to see him again. But if you're there at the right place at the right time during the rut, I mean, you got a chance at a really, really nice deer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You just... You know, save that vacay time if you're into deer hunting, just, you know, from from like that week before Halloween all the way through through to like mid-November. Just if the weather's right, get yourself into a deer stand. You just never yeah. know what's going to walk by you. Very true. Mm-hmm. So are you just planning on uh, Wisconsin whitetail archery or do you have anything else uh, on the brain? Um. You know, as, as things evolve with uh, all of the uh, social media stuff that I've been doing, connecting with some really cool people over the last two years, um, my mind is definitely wandering west and to other areas to potentially hunt. Um, you know, I'm building these slideshows of all these different deer and, I mean, you know, mule deer, elk, you know, whatever it may be that 
all of my um, friends that I'm meeting online are, are harvesting. I'm like, you know what? I really got to get out of the state and just see what else is out there. I mean, I know and I'm blessed with how much Wisconsin has to offer, but there's still more out there. So it's on the horizon. I think it's a target. I'm going to I'm going to get out of state. and I'm going to check out some of these other areas. It's it's going to happen. All right. Good to hear. You know, I, I I think just about everybody feels that way about their home state because it's mm-hmm. like, well, I, I grew up in Minnesota and I felt so blessed with, uh, you know, with the walleye fishing and the crappie and the whitetail and stuff like that. And I'm I moved to North Dakota and I feel, you know, the same amount of blessed, if not slightly more, because I have in-state opportunities for mule deer now and I still have all that same stuff that Minnesota had, except, you know, minus the black bear maybe. But yeah, there's just, there's so many new experiences if you're willing to just kind of trek out and and try something different. And that's with this time of year, you know, fall, that's, that's where all of this comes together. I was, I was telling my wife the other day, I, I wish that fall was longer, you know, September and going into October, you know, November, and not because you know, my birthday's in there too, but it's the best time of year. You know, the, the, the hunting, how many different, how many different species open for hunting season that, that time of year, how many different species of fish are just putting the absolute feed bag on that time of year. And not to mention, you know, if you want to take a break from that, all the fall colors, the transition, um, the sightseeing that can take place. I mean, there's just so much to do. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, and you know what? I'll agree with you 100% on that. I don't think my wife would agree 100% because then, you know, I end up, I end up leaving her at home with the kids probably more times than I should. But, uh, you know, they're going to get a little older and then I'll bring them into the stand too. And then hopefully everything will be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, question for you. What, yeah. what's your favorite deer stand snack? Oh, um, my favorite, and I made some killer stuff last year, is I made venison jerky, homemade venison jerky last year. That's probably one of my favorite snacks. Um, it brings it brings me good luck, too. So, Okay, nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that's probably my favorite, favorite deer stand snack, too. I like the... Uh, you know, I like the protein bars, too, because it kind of gives you that a little more lasting energy. And, yep. you know, like especially the, you know, like the peanut butter ones or maybe oh, yeah. a little chocolate chip in there, get that little sweet tooth satisfied. But, yeah, I mean, the, the venison jerky is just, it's tough to beat. A few years ago, you would ask me, I would have said Reese's peanut butter cups all day. <laughs> You know, the, the good thing about that though, is both snacks, they really don't take up a ton of real estate in the pack and you know, they're not going to fight each other. You can bring them both into the stand. It's okay. Yeah. And just make sure you take them out of their storage wrapper from the store first. So you're not waking the whole, the whole woods up. Absolutely. Yes. That is a, that's a pro tip right there. You bring in Reese's peanut butter in cups into the snack, into the stand, you know, get one of those like, uh, you know, sandwich bags, not the ones with the Ziploc, but the ones that like fold over, <laughs> yeah. you're, then you're going to be in much better shape than crinkling that packet open. Right. <laughs> so, oh, love it. Uh, you know, last thing I want to talk to you and, you know, we've hinted at it a decent amount here is, is your content creation, uh, portion of what you do. So 
talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you kind of got that started and, and what you do and, you know, maybe some takeaways for people that want to record their experiences. Yeah. So I was very blessed, very lucky. I, I, I won a boat. It's the boat you see in all of my, my posts. And, um, before that, I had no social media presence outside of my normal Facebook. Okay, I got to so, stop you right now. How did you win a boat? <laughs> I, I, uh, it was, it was just the 50th anniversary drawing for for um, low boats, and I signed up for it. And out of however many hundred thousand people, I was the winner. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, Nice. That, that, that's how that came to be. And um, so I was like, you know, I'll start a social media thing because before that, obviously, I loved to fishing, loved to fish. And so I fished quite a bit. I just didn't document it. And so started social media and then I started documenting it a little bit. And uh, it started off slow. Like I think a lot of people get discouraged with is when you start something like that, unless you're already a famous person person or have a presence somewhere else it starts off slow it's just the way that it goes so mine started off slow just like everything else and then stuff started coming together um i'm picking certain brands and and then eventually you know they're noticing what i'm doing just you know kind of like shields did and um then you know the 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 sponsorships or partnerships that come along with that um slowly started to, to feed in and so I, I started trying to put together, you know, like, what's, what's my social media identity going to be? What, what and, and this is what I learned through work, like, what value am I going to provide to everyone? So that's what I did is I started putting some stuff together and um, showing people the, the combos that I was using, showing people the, the baits that I was using, showing people all of the things that I was using and not necessarily, you know, like I say, the grip and grin fish, um, those did well, but the gear that I was using and the fish that I was catching on them is what people liked more. And, um, so I started off, you know, 100, 200, 300 followers and I'm, I'll be pushing 10,000 followers here. So, um, for me, that's a big deal. I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting for someone that, that started from nothing, you know, two years ago. And, um, you know, another thing that I wanted to tell people about, if you're just getting into this, I really have no special equipment. I don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment. I started with an iPhone and a GoPro Hero 8. That's where 95% of my content comes from by myself. So I'm recording it by myself. I'm taking the pictures by myself. If you see it and it looks like someone else is capturing the, the picture more times than not, it's either my phone's on a tripod or it's the GoPro and I took a still from that. So you don't need a ton of equipment to do this stuff to get started. You just got to capture the good quality shot, be able to edit it a little bit to make it look a little bit better, pop a little bit more and to go with that. I mean, that's really what I want folks to know is, you know, you don't you don't need all of this equipment to get started. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love it. I was, uh, I was going to ask you like, what's your, what's your equipment list for this content creator deal? And it's iPhone GoPro. <laughs> That's it. You know, and <laughs> I, I've, I've met a few friends that have, uh, the higher end stuff. And I, I do have a, a few of those that have been popping up on my, my page and it's going to be more frequent now because we're collaborating more, you know, we're doing some cooler things and, um, 
one thing that I really enjoy about the, uh, connecting with people on social media is I have all these thoughts. I have all these ideas, and they're always flowing through my mind. The problem that I have is when I get out in my boat, when I get out in a tree stand, I can't capture myself doing that. There's just not possible. I can't set up a tripod. I can't set up a, a, a camera to do this. I need someone else with the same vision as me to capture it. So, you know, and we've had these conversations too, Mike, where it's like if, if I had, you know, another one of me or you in the boat that could see what I'm seeing and you could capture that for me, it's like game over. It, it would just be game changing. So that's what's pretty cool about meeting some of the folks on, on social media, reaching out to them, bouncing ideas off them, and th then eventually collaborating with them, meeting up with them and putting that together. I mean, the, the magic happens there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's just fun to go out and try and capture these things. Granted, it can be frustrating, like, especially if you're in, you know, in the deer stand and you're trying to fumble with your camera and then it's, picks you out of the tree and then or like a doe picks you out of the tree and starts blowing that you didn't even know was there and you know like there's there's plenty of flops and and missed opportunities and and things that you just can't plan for but you know when it does happen when every when everything goes according to plan and you capture that shot it's just incredibly rewarding it's, it's very satisfying. And, you know, I haven't done much for bow hunting content, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it out here in the coming weeks. Um, and, and hopefully I, I can get something that you guys will be able to see. And uh, uh, but I have been able to do some pretty cool stuff out in the boat um, with with some drone work, you know, getting a drone up in the air. That's just offering a whole different perspective of what we do as fishermen and how we do it to be able to pick things apart. And uh, I even got a, a, a video, and I actually haven't posted it yet, of me catching a fish on a frog with a drone overhead. I mean, it, it's it's pretty cool. So um, to be able to shift that over in the deer stand, that just the difficulty level is so much higher, but I'm up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. I believe it. So, all right. Well, you know, I appreciate your time and, uh, and your insight and your perspective. So for people that want to follow along with you, how do they do that? Yeah. Um, most of my presence is on Instagram at Josh live the legacy and you can find and check me out there and just shoot me any questions that you have. You know, I'll be straightforward with you, real with you, and I'll, I'll tell you what I know. So. All right, perfect. And make sure to follow the Appleton Shields page too, since Josh is a pro staff, pro staff for them and uh, and provides content on a you know a semi regular basis there too. Yep, Appleton Shields Outdoors and Appleton Shields um, both, and um, you'll see a lot of my content on the Appleton Shields Outdoors page, both fishing, hunting, and um, we just posted one today about some of the meat processing stuff that I like to do. So go check it out. All right. Perfect. Again, thank you. And, uh, you know, best of luck in the boat and in the stand this fall. Yeah, you too. You just heard our conversation with Appleton pro staff, Josh Wachow. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Josh live the legacy to stay up to date with his fall and check out the Appleton shields page to see Josh share his lineup of food processing equipment to go from field to table. Falls here folks. Hopefully you're finding some time to get into the stand chasing that target buck or taking advantage of some excellent fall fishing opportunities. If you need any gear, make sure to head to your local Shields store or visit us online at shields.com.
And with that, we want to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.